0: I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's pretty simple. Hallelujah. We're going to finish tonight back to basics uh, from faith to faith. And uh, we're on lesson four of this. Uh, Felt to do that for the next few months here uh, to do our Wednesday night services like a, a Bible class uh here in the church we do have uh, victory bible institute available by dvd if any of you would like to take any of those classes you can see megan or call the church office and we can get you connected to those but i think it's important that we um we go back to the basics of why we do what we do and how we live as the church. And I believe, um, you know, I was reading a thing from Brother Copeland, his magazine, and he said we have so many new recruits. We got to go back over faith. We've got to go back over what we've learned, you know, but we have to reiterate it again and begin to teach it again and and uh, emphasize the importance of living by faith, but of walking by faith, because the scripture says. The The just or the righteous of God, the righteous people of God will live by faith and not by sight. And I don't know what you feel in your heart, but over the last maybe 10 years, I believe in this nation, what we see has uh, really caused us to be concerned for our nation, for the the people that are in charge of our nation, for the laws that are being made in our nation, for the things that are happening now that we uh, have to abide by laws to accept that are totally contrary to the word of God. And so we're going to have to be people who live by faith and so let's look at romans uh this was the scripture that we used for this whole uh course but it's verse 16 of romans 1 for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first and also for the greek in other words this is an inclusive gospel it's not just for the jewish people for in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith everybody say from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And uh, we talked about uh, Hebrews eleven one. You know, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't see it by, by the eye of faith or see it spiritually, but it's not in the natural realm manifested according to what we believe God has shown us. Uh, over the years that we've pastored this church, uh, there's been a lot of things that We believed when we came here that we didn't see, but we have seen them manifested over the years as we've stood in faith. You have to stand in faith. You know, you can't let down your faith because when you let go of your faith, then the enemy comes in and, and he continues to back us up. How many of you have ever let go of something and then, you know, it just pushes you back a little further. Then he pushes you back another step and another step till finally you, you're so confused. You don't know what you believe. That's his motivation. He, he wants to bring that confusion. And where there's confusion, there's every evil Work. The word of God says so. We're people of faith. Our evidence is in our faith. What we have seen by the eye of faith—that's evidence for us. And uh, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. That's Romans ten seventeen. We talked about how we have to be not just, um, you know, how we hear things all day long, and and there's you know maybe always things being said around us, but really listening. To what the Word of God is saying to us. And when we listen, then we begin to speak what we've heard. We begin to speak and confess. And, uh, you know, the Bible says Abraham confessed things that were not as though they were just like God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And so if we're the righteous people, the ones that God has assigned in the earth right now to live by faith, then we need to get on it. And we need to stand firm. Even if there's things we've let go of, we need to get back a position where we're standing for those things again because there are times people get weary it talks about it in Galatians you can get weary in well doing anybody ever been there and you tend to, to not maybe let down your faith but you just are focusing on other things it's time to focus on what God is telling us, and walk by faith and not by sight in those things. I want to read this in the uh, New Living Testament. If you'd put that up, Christine, the same scripture, and then we're going to talk about tonight being steadfast in faith. It says, for I am not ashamed of this good news. Everybody say good good news. About Christ. You know, the Bible is good news. It's been made by the world and people who don't want to uh, do the right thing, it's been made to be like it's a it's a taskmaster. It's kind of like the bad news, but the gospel is the good news. And it says, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And then it, it says this, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by Faith, not by works, our righteousness has nothing to do with our works, as the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. so our faith is very important in what every day we have an opportunity to wake up every morning and we can walk by faith, or the opposite of faith truly is fear so we're, we're going to live in one of those two uh, realms. I choose to live by faith now is it harder to to live by faith? Uh, sometimes it is, Paul called it a fight of faith. He said, I have fought the good fight of faith, which would uh, indicate that it, you know, it's not just something that just la, 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 la. I mean, we have to, we have to wrestle against flesh and I mean, against powers and principalities because they're trying to take us away from the truth of what we believe. And tonight I want to talk about that a little bit. Everybody say steadfast in faith. Now, you know, we, we're going to look at first Peter five. If you'd put the, or 1st Peter 5 8 and 9 the five's missing sorry about that Christine 1st Peter 5 8 and 9 Sandy might have fixed that for me but it's missing on my paper um 1st Peter 5 and 8 and 9 you know you know these scriptures uh because we talk about it a lot it talks about we have to humble ourselves in other words we have to we we have to let God be the one who is the one that's being glorified in what we believe. In other words, our faith and and walking by faith glorifies God. It isn't about how great we are. It's about how great God is. And so it goes on. It says, cast all your care on him for he cares for you. Verse eight, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. You know, if you're wondering what you're going to do to get the devil out of your business, be steadfast in faith because that's what the word of God says. Resist the devil, be steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, there's a lot of people around the world that are suffering Right now, because of their faith, because of what they believe, because they believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. If you study and or just look at the paper, uh, I just was reading a thing today in Iraq and Syria. uh, Christians are being annihilated over there for their faith because of their faith. ISIS is just killing them, uh, you know, with no thought of life. They just kill them because of their faith. And so there are times where we can feel like we're resisting um, and it's really feels like we're dying on the inside, but we win in the end. You know, even if your life it would be taken or my life, we win, we see Jesus. I mean, the first thing's going to happen to you and me, once we're not here breathing on this earth, we're going to be in the presence of God. You know, I'm not looking to go there tomorrow, but that ain't a bad deal. hallelujah. I mean, that's exciting. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody today and they said something about somebody who had passed away, and I said, well, the good news is we know where they are. They're not lost. You know how people say, I lost my mother last year. Well, you didn't lose her. Hallelujah. She's in heaven. God knows where she is. We know where she is. She passed from this earth into another place, but she's not lost. The lost people are the ones who don't know Jesus. And, you know, they're not, they, they're they going to be lost forever, but thank God we're not lost. So we, we have the victory, even though we have to be sober and be vigilant. That doesn't mean we're somber. You know, we can't look like the church of the the living dead, you know? I mean, like, that that's not faith. Everybody say, that's not faith. Sober is not somber. There's no M in that word. We, we live with joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength and so we're walking by faith we're not looking at what we see therefore our joy is not interrupted by an enemy an adversary who's looking for a way to stop us so we we have to keep that in mind now the amplified says uh, to be firm in faith against his onset rooted established strong immovable everybody say immovable determined how about that determined you know we we have to be more determined to win than the devil is to defeat us but we don't win because of us we win because of Jesus so we really have good reason to be determined in 1 Corinthians 15:58 it says that same thing you know be steadfast immovable and then it says always abounding in the work of the lord and knowing that your labor is not in vain in other words no matter what you're having to do I believe abounding in the work of the Lord is walking by faith no matter what you see. You continue to do what God's called you to do. I continue to do what God's called me to do because I know my labor is not in vain because God will honor my faith because faith is pleasing to God and he will reward faith. He will reward faith. So we are people who are steadfast. Now, if you look at your outline, loyal to a person or belief or cause, devoted, firmly fixed in place. Uh, That's steadfast. Loyal. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. Loyal. Having or showing complete and constant support for someone or something. Unswerving in allegiance. Faithful. I was talking to my husband about this, and, you know, we are really lacking in this nation today in this regard loyalty everybody say loyalty Um, you know it it costs something to be loyal Uh, it, it says that I'm not committed to you because you do everything right I'm not committed to you because of your title I'm not committed to you because what's in it for me I'm committed to you because I'm loyal to the Lord and he told me that i'm to do what i'm doing now do i do i get to see what i think i should see every day no but i don't live by sight i live by faith and so when i'm walking by faith uh it's, it's really a part of that is that you must be loyal. Everybody say loyal. And uh, I was, I've really had some experience in this over the years, and we've been in ministry a long time now. But uh, First Chronicles, I just want to show you, um, you know, we know the story of David and Solomon, and of course, you know, Solomon was David's son. But um, Solomon, um, he didn't have a good ending. He, he started fine. But, you know, sometimes things happen. And uh, those things happen, and we have a choice to remain loyal to God, or we have a choice to do what we want to do. And uh, first, first Chronicles 28, 9, um, this is actually David talking to his son, this first scripture, if you want to put that one up. It says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father which would be God and serve him with a loyal heart. Everybody say loyal heart and a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. That was his, his role as a leader would completely be gone if he was not loyal in his heart Toward the Lord, and that had to do with him always being who God really wanted him to be. But it was a choice. It says in First Chronicles twenty nine nineteen, this is the prayer. Now this is a prayer Solomon's praying to the Lord. That that particular scripture I just read, he was speaking to his son. But in twenty nine nineteen, he says to the Lord. Uh, says the lord god of abraham isaac and and israel our fathers give my son solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes to do all these things and to build the temple for which i have made provision solomon didn't make the provision for the temple david made the provision for the temple even though solomon was a very wealthy man and he was a very wise man david had already accumulated that wealth for that temple to be built. And we all know he wanted to build it. But God told him, no, your son will build it. And Solomon did build the temple. But if we look in uh, Kings, in in 1 Kings 11, it talks about this same, uh, same thing about Solomon and his reign. It says in uh, verse 4 of 11, For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not what? loyal to the lord his god as was the heart of his father david now you know david made some mistakes we all know that i mean he committed adultery with bathsheba bathsheba was solomon's mother but solomon is the one that it says was not loyal in his heart he turned to other gods others everybody say other gods now uh, it's really speaking about idolatry here you know and that wasn't the only thing he got involved with he loved horses he had four four hundred stalls for chariots and horses and the one thing god said back in the very beginning of the law he said don't ever accumulate horses Well, what's that got to do with it? I mean, how many of you... I I like horses. I mean, I don't want to ride one. My sister loves horses, Chris. I mean, she just loves horses. She'll go and sit and watch horses. I mean, I, I like them, but I'm not, you know, that committed uh you You know know, and i'm I'm not not gonna gonna ride ride one anymore i tried tried that that once once. i'm I'm not a big horse rider (laughs) that's too far up (laughs) with nothing to hold on to much and that horse has a mind of its own but anyway so i'm not going to be accumulating horses but you know whatever it is this is what the horses represented trusting in something other than god because if you study the scripture god would be very displeased with the children of israel when they would try to go to egypt And it even says, some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. Amen? And so what it represented was the the horses and the chariots represented trusting in an army you can build rather than trusting in God to be the one who would deliver you. So uh, Solomon really made two huge mistakes, and God called it disloyalty to him. Uh, Basically, it was idolatry. I don't know, you know, you may look in your life, but I believe all of us can have things that we become more loyal to than God. That's what's happened in our nation. Leaders have been more loyal to power, more loyal to money. There are people today who are destroying lives. Years ago, you know, it used to be, I remember when I was in high school, just after that Playboy Bunny and all that stuff came out, and Hugh Hefner and and all that that pornography. Well, now that's not even like, that's mild compared to what's happening today, but it was the beginning of it. And people begin to trust in money from that more than they cared about what was happening to people, and, and God, God cares, cares about people. He's got plenty of wealth, but he, but is he? what God, God cares, cares about is that people receive what they need to receive, and that comes by us believing and having faith in God and not in faith in, in any resources, and that's why the scripture says you can't love God and mammon. And so when people begin to do that, it becomes idolatry. Uh, A lot of the political realm has to do with power. You know, the way you can find out if a person's really committed is give them some power and see what they do with it. Do they use it to build other people up or do they use it to exalt themselves? And, And so what happens is idolatry takes place. Uh, You know, that that will not allow us to walk by faith. It will pull us away from living by faith. Now, uh, you know, these are just a few people that God brought to my attention, but people with a loyal heart. Noah, you know, um, in Genesis 622, if you put that scripture up for me, Christine, you know, this is what it said. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Do you think that it took a lot of faith to build that ark? I mean, can you imagine build one of those in your backyard right now? And and people saying whatever they might say it says, that they were, the world was awful. God was getting ready to destroy it. It was so gross. Well, can you imagine the the people's words and things they would have been saying about him, you know, building this big boat in his backyard? And it was huge. So I'm sure it was more than his backyard, But but he did all. Everybody say he did all. And so because of that, he got to live. You know, because he did that and he did what God said, um, Joseph, you know, he went through one trial after another. Uh, you know, first he, first he was told by God, you know, and shown a dream about the coat of many colors, you know, and he saw people bound down to him. The next thing he's in a pit. The next thing he's in Pharaoh's house, and he's been exalted. The next thing he's in prison, and you know, he's he's now in trouble for something he didn't even do. And then he's exalted out of there, and he becomes the ruler of the whole of the whole thing. If you look at Genesis 45 five through eight. I believe he had a loyal heart because he could have thrown him in the pallet any time. Uh, in those ups, ups and downs, ups and downs? I mean, you know, he was promoted, demoted, promoted, demoted, promoted, demoted, and so. But he was—he was a man for the hour. But it took—it took faith for him, believing God to stay into those places and do. If you put that scripture up for me. We're going to look at it because it says, but now he's talking to his brothers. These are the people who threw him in the pit that started the whole thing. Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me. Before you you, to preserve life, you know, sometimes sometimes being thrown in a pit, losing your job or somebody replacing you that you should have had, you should have had that because you've worked hard and all those things we can think about, you know, being promoted or being put in position. Um, Some of those pits have to do with going to power. But. You know, you, you, you have to ride through the pit and the palace and the prison and all of the places before you get to the powder park. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. So this thing wasn't over, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, for the ones who grew in the pit, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So, in other words, what he thought, so now it was not you, he says, who sent me here, but God. He has made a, made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Talk about a, a promotion for just doing exactly what God's told him and staying on that path of faith that God set before him. Um, Moses, you know, I, I when I look at exodus twelve thirty seven. i was reading that in my bible reading and he had 600 men plus women and children you know that would be enough to just say you know i can't do this but because he trusted in god because he did what god told him he used that staff when god told him to use it now you know he did have to have his brother helping for a while but i was reading in one of the commentaries i was reading in and it said the first five plagues he had his brother helping him, and his brother worked with him. But after that, he did it. You know, sometimes you have to walk through things with a little help. But eventually, but eventually, you're going to have to do what God says, and you're going to have to do it if you have to let yourself. And, uh, you know, I know God uses those things with me a lot of times because I, I tend to, you know, like, I like to help Pastor Bill. But when Pastor Bill says, you go do this, and I'm going to go do this, then it's like, well, no, wait, let's hold the hold phone here. You know, uh, I, I like to be the one helping, not the one that has to be in re- responsible. Everybody say responsible. You know, faith makes you be responsible, what God tells you to do. So I believe God gives us, you know, help when we need it. And I love the one about Ruth. You know, she she was committed to Naomi. Now listen, you'd be a little bit concerned if the people you were hanging with, everybody died. I mean, Naomi's husband died. The other daughter-in-law's husband died. Her husband died. And now Naomi says, you go back and live with your family. And she says, No. I'm not going to do that. Wherever you go, I will go. Now, why would she say that? Because God intended for her to be in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And because she obeyed. Everybody said obeyed. She did it it was strictly faith because they had nothing. This is that scripture, and I love this scripture because it's not just about Ruth. I believe it's about the Lord. And it's really not to leave you or to turn back. Everybody said turn back. We can never turn back in faith. To go forward. I'm following after you. For so wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She didn't even know him. And then the next verse, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. That's loyalty. Everybody, Everybody says loyalty. loyalty. That's loyalty. But because she was willing to do that, she received Everything that God had for her. And even Naomi received a child that she thought she would never, ever have. God is a blesser. God always blesses us. And when we walk by faith, we will see the blessing. Now, this is, this is what I heard. So I'm going to share this with you. Um, in Exodus, it says, that it will never there's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses even though Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. Sometimes when we walk by faith, we don't get to do all that we thought we'd get to do. But that doesn't mean it won't get done because there'll be somebody else that God raises up to do that other part. And of course, we know that with Joshua. So what do you do in all these other and downs. How do you be steadfast in faith in the ups and downs? And when I asked the Lord that, I said, Lord, how do you stay steadfast in faith? Because you can say to be steadfast in faith, but how do you do that? And instantly, I heard Philippians 4, and Paul said, I am content in whatever state I find myself in. Now that will keep you steadfast in faith. But they content. And we're, we're not, not always content, satisfied in the situations that we're in. But that does not mean we can be disloyal in that place. And I believe that's why Paul had the victory. Would you put up Philippians 4 11 through 13 it in the New King James there? It says, not that I'm speaking in regard to need. He, he was, excuse me, thanking people for their giving. giving to him, which they hadn't been able to do all the times they had just given to him. They said, not that I speak in regard to me, for I have learned everything learned. Now, that means he didn't just know this. When you learn something, that means you walk through things, and you have gotten experience in those things, so you've learned from those things that God is faithful That's what he's saying here, that in whatever state I am, to be content. Then he says, I know how to be abased. Now, I looked up that word abased, and it means lower in rank. In other words, I've been not the most important person, and, and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then, of Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, you know, when when we come um, kind of to those places where our faith is being challenged, then that's a place where we have to... Be content. Everybody say content. First thing, we have to be content. Now, in the Amplified, it says, Lear, learn how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted. How to be based, lower rank, and live humbly in straightened, restricted, or confined circumstances. That's in places where you'd like to leave. <laughs> I'm, leaving. I'm leaving, I'm out. Okay. I am out and how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. And then I heard this word, which I don't ever think about having our thoughts on fluidity. I thought, God, is that a word? So I've gotten a dictionary. And fluidity is a word. Uh, fluid means having, listen to this, this, is so important, having particles that easily move and change their relative position without a separation of masks and that easily yield to pressure, capable of flowing. I say flow. That's not like flow the lady. This is flow, in you know, life. When you do worship, you have to flow with the Holy Spirit. When you preach, you have to flow with what God's doing. and and that flow is what that anointing is released through and so fluid well think you know having particles that easily move and change their relative position without a separation of the mass i thought well that's the church flowing in the position god put them in. in and even if they get changed they're still flowing and it didn't affect the mass it didn't affect the whole thing because everybody's flowing. Everybody say flow. You know, now, you know, that's where you know suddenly we get asked to do something. I, I was sitting here doing worship on Sunday and I felt like God said tell counselor to take it out of worship. Well, you know, counselor hadn't come in here very long there than last week. So I went over to him and you and he looked at me and I said, oh, could you just take it out of worship? And he didn't even hesitate. He's place her. That's he said. He asked her. And I thought I Okay, God, you not know, help him because I don't know if he's ever done this before. But he got right up here he I'm mean, the name of God who's on him. I believe this because he didn't count on himself. He counted on the Lord. Except I remember how well did it. And I just shut my eyes and did what I wanted to do. Said, See, God appointed him, but that was where he had to walk by faith. And let me tell you, from there to here, it takes a lot of faith sometimes to do what God's telling you to do, but that's loyalty to the Spirit of God, to do what God says, and that causes you to be able to love by faith and not by sight. I don't know if I can do this because I'm loyal to God, because I am fluid. That fluidity is working in my life. God help me to up there and do what I'm supposed to do. Or flow at work and be able to to, to come alongside somebody that you'd like to never be alongside. To to serve a box that you wish you'd never have to see again. You know, uh, to hope you know that you can leave tomorrow because this thing is not working for you. You know, that's not loyalty, it's obeying God in all things, whether they're comfortable or whether they're not. And that was what Paul was saying. change, or movement available for various uses. But that's fluid. That's fluid. That's in the body of Christ. Now, um, I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this tonight before I came back. Uh, because we worked at UT for a long time and you're, you're acquainted with our situations at churches because we work in the part Victor, of Victory. One thing the things, most is worse, it's called BFM, which called Ministry. And in that ministry, you know, you're happy churches, if they have the a the challenge, they call in a new minister to pray with them. And because sometimes pastors don't have anybody to talk to, uh, people, you know, their aunt, they are in have anybody to talk to, to they call in there and that's us a presentation for victory so that people could come in and share. So we could hear a lot of things in one particular instance uh, that we weren't aware of. uh, A person, the pastor of the church had uh, talked to this person about his position as a pastor in the church. And and, and it had come to a point where the pastor had told him to keep him because he was over... Uh, the bolt um, on that and had injured, who was you know and the stats, and the this week. Terpied with 13 Associate Pastor. another bolt, but not that one. And so, um, about 10 not after the person who made this, but uh, six will be that got called and he said, you know, um, I've, Talked with uh, others about this decision, and there are some that are in agreement with this. Now, you know, everybody's on staff together in a church, and others are not necessarily right with this. So, we're going to just hold on this. And then, if the person, well, it's first to get the pastor said to him, "What, What do you think? This person had said well Why? Because they did not come get loyal. Now, that was another thing that I'm not supposed to say. If people are walking by, Remember this, your report and your promotions have left it with the phone. It has to do with This is